So if you've been wondering how it is that you can fund your next real estate deal, then this video is for you. In this video, I'm actually going to share with you the five different ways that you can fund your next real estate transaction, the pros and cons, and how to actually use each one. So this is going to go from you not having any money to you having a lot of money, um, all the resources, everything you're going to need to be able to fund your next real estate deal. So let's jump in. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. As always, this is John Barbera with an investor's journey, bringing you the realest strategies things that we are doing in our business every single day, how we grow our real estate business, all the things that we're learning, all the all the mistakes we're making. So if you're new to this channel, make sure you subscribe. We put out new videos every single week. We do live videos. We do a lot of things. We cover the market, strategies, so many things, and we're always here to help you guys out. So make sure you subscribe and hit that thumbs up if you're finding value. Now, this video is also going to be part of a series that I've been doing on how to flip houses in 2022. So make sure you check out that that whole series. We cover everything from managing contractors to finding deals, analyzing flips, everything, everything. And this is just going to be another continuation to that series. So if you're not sure where that is, we're going to link it above here. Or if uh, you're listening on the audio, you know, in the descriptions, you're going to have a link to that whole series that you can check out. Also, many of you did not know, but you can text us at any time with any questions you may have. Just text the word INFO to 210-794-9898, and you can ask us any questions, whatever it is. It's between you and us. Um, so anything that we can do to help you guys out, make sure you let us know. We're always checking it. We're always responding to everybody. So give us a shout and let us know what you're thinking. So everybody wants to be in real estate. You know, it's the hottest thing. It's always been hot. It's always been sexy, cool to get into. The problem is that you everybody thinks that you need to be rich. You need to be extremely wealthy to be in real estate. You don't know, a lot of people don't know what options they have when it comes time to buying a uh, property. They think that they need all the cash. So this is a question I get all the time is, you know, well, how do I buy it? How do you buy it? How, you know, how can I pick up these properties? They cost so much money. So that's exactly why I'm doing this video. I'm going to show you the five ways that you can actually go about funding all of these transactions, how you can do it. I'm going to go through the experience needed on each level of these uh, funding techniques. This way you understand that you don't just jump in just because you can. Uh, I, this is something that we always try to share with you guys and share with everybody is that real estate is a risky strategy. You know, investing as it should be. Anything worth a damn should be hard, should be something that you got to take very serious. And funding deals and buying real estate and flipping houses is no different. So I'm going to give you the level of 
um, expertise that you're going to need for each one of these strategies and the pros and cons and everything. Now, these strategies are in no particular order. I'm just going through them. It's not like one is better than the other. It's all going to depend on the deal that you're doing, on your resources, on your experience level. It's going to depend on all that, all right? It's There's no rhyme or reason to the order of these deal, of how you're going to fund them. Um, this is just pretty much all the strategies that we've implemented in the past. So the first strategy is cash. Now, I know you're saying, ah, what the hell? You just said you didn't need to be rich. I know, I know. We're going to cover the other ones. But I wanted to cover cash because it is a big strategy a lot of people use. And this is your own money. Okay, when I refer to cash, I'm talking about your own money. So this could be your cash savings. This could be investment accounts. I've seen uh, investors that have um, pretty sizable stock accounts. You know, they invest in the stock market and everything. And what they do is they actually can borrow against their portfolio. So they can borrow at very low interest rates and they can use that money to buy real estate and get a better return. So it's very interesting. You know, I'm. As all disclaimers, like always, please consult with your professionals. We're not financial advisors, attorneys, veterinarians, you know, talk to your professionals. But this is what we've seen is um, yeah, people use also retirement funds, 401ks. There's so many ways that you can leverage these and borrow against them. So um, cash is always a great way to do it. The pros being when you use cash is you don't have any borrowing costs Unless, of course, you're leveraging your investment accounts. But even then, I mean, it's nothing compared to the other strategies that we're going to talk about. If it's your own cash, then you you have no borrowing costs. And this makes a big difference because when you're picking up properties, if you don't have the money cost, that can save you a ton of money. That can make you even more competitive in the market because while other people are using hard money or private money or other sources, they're having a factor in their money costs. Now you can come in with that difference and add more to that offer, right? So you can be a little bit more competitive when it, when it comes time to buying properties. Also, you can close a lot quicker, cash, right? So if somebody needs to close fast, you are in a much better position to close fast for them than somebody that needs to get a loan. So that's, you know, it's a huge selling, uh, strategy, especially when you're picking up real estate or even when you're buying from wholesalers. Another bonus, there's no need for draws, right? You don't need to ask for draws and draws are pretty much when you're getting to a certain level of the job, you need more money. So you're going to ask whatever lender you're using to release more money. So they got to do draws, you know, they're doing uh, ex uh, inspections, all these things. You don't have to do any of those things when you're using cash. And there's no need for added paperwork because it's your own money. So those are the pros of using cash. Now the cons is that it's limited, right? You only have so much cash available. So you're only going to be able to pick up so many deals. So if you made a wrong choice and bought the wrong property, now you're kind of just sitting, you know, with a property that sucks and you've deployed all your cash into it. And we've seen this, we've talked about it a lot on uh especially in this series if you check it out we talk about this so it, it can get very tricky uh as far as an experience level i'm rating all of these from one to five five being high level of experience this one i would put it between a two and a three um you don't need too much experience because it's your own money so as far as the risk goes 
your only risk is yourself and your own money, right? Um, it's still, a, a, I consider it to still be a risk, which is why I'm saying between a two and a three. So, you know, please uh, proceed with caution. Be smart about your investing. The next way you can fund your real estate deals is using private money. So private money is when you are borrowing from a from an individual. So this could be a family member, a friend, which uh, we always recommend don't invest with family and friends. But, uh, you know, that's always an option or other investors. So you're borrowing from an individual, not an institution, not a company, nothing. You're borrowing from another person. They're lending you the money. Now, the pros to this is you can access, you can have access to more capital. So if, like before you had cash, right? It was limited to you. Now, if you get a couple private money lenders, you can actually increase the amount of money that you borrow. We have at this current moment, we have a little bit over $5 million available to us through our private money lenders that we use. This is the strategy that we use the most. Um, it's our favorite, right? Uh, we, we love it just because of that. And another pro to private money is you don't need to put in any of your own money. So depending on your credibility and your expertise and everything, you can do private money loans and they'll fund 100% of the purchase and the renovations. So you don't need to actually come out of pocket in, in, in any way to fund any of these deals. You just need to have the expertise and you need to have the people that trust you, that you've built the credibility with, and um, they'll lend the whole full amount. That's what we do. I mean, everybody that lends to us, anybody that um, partners with us on projects and everything, they lend the full amount, the purchase and the renovations. So it's really, really helpful and beneficial. So then that way you can actually do a lot more deals and you can do a lot more business. Another pro is that you can negotiate terms because you're dealing with one-on-one, -on -one, you're dealing with that person. You can determine what terms you need to do. We've done an array of terms, especially when we were starting off. When we were starting off, we, we did a private money partnership where they took 50% of the profit. Um, you know, it was a private individual. It was a first renovation. Like we had a lot to prove. So they took 50%. Then we negotiated to, you know, 12% 12, uh, 12 interest, two points up front, and all of these. And then you can go negotiating. When do you pay it off? Do you pay, do you do monthly payments or do you pay it all off on the back end? All of our lenders, they prefer to get their money once the deal is done. They don't want to get monthly checks, they don't care to get the monthly checks. They'd rather wait until the deal's done. They get all the principal plus the interest back in one lump sum. So they prefer that. Um, you you can negotiate all of these things. If you have extensions, if anything that needs to happen, you can do that. With other types of uh, investment vehicles and other options of funding, you don't have those, uh, you don't have that level of flexibility. Now, some of the cons to using private money is that you do have to pay points and or interest, right? So, no, that's the other way around. You have to pay interest and or points. So what does that mean? Your points is pretty much, you have a lot of people that they'll ask for one or two points up front. This means one to 2% of what you're borrowing, you got to pay up front. All right. So that's what the points are. So if it's two points, it's 2% of what you're borrowing. You got to pay that up front. And then the percentage is the interest payments that you got to pay uh, either monthly or at the end of the project. And these can range from anywhere, you know, we've 
gotten from 6% all the way to 12% or there's more. There's people that are charging a lot more for their money. Um, that, you know, that's something that's, like I said before, on the cash part, it's going to cost you money, right? That You got to factor in these costs when you're renovating properties. When you're taking on projects, you got to take into account that you have these expenses that are associated with the deal. All right. So a lot of people, they don't factor in their money costs. And when they finish the project, they realize that they got to spend, you know, they got to put out an extra 10, 15, 20, $30,000 in money costs. Like it's, it's, you know, it can really add up. So you need to be able to factor those in. Another con to this is again, it could be monthly uh, payments. Now we did a video recently on how you can get into trouble if you're doing too many projects at once. Because if you're doing monthly payments, and let's say you have, you know, five, six, seven projects, that monthly payment now could be substantial amount of money. And if you're not factoring that into your numbers, into your things, it could get to a point where you can't even make the monthly payment. You know, because you you the deals make sense, everything still makes sense, but you never accounted for having to pay that every single month. So that can get very troublesome for a lot of investors. So that's something that you got to watch out for. Another con is extensions. Uh, some lenders, they if you borrow and you say, you know, I need this money for six months, uh, they'll tell you, you know, after six months, if you need to extend, there's going to be a one point extension fee or two points or whatever it is. Now, remember, the pro to everything is that you can negotiate all these terms. But the con is still the same. You know, if that's the best term you can negotiate and that's the best deal you can get, that's what you got to do. And you got to pay that extension. So that adds on to your cost. So if all of a sudden there's been delays in the market, materials or whatever it is, you got to keep in mind. It's like, you know, that one that extra point for the extension might be something that's going to hurt. You know, hopefully it's not because you did a good you did your analysis when you were purchasing the property. So you're not getting in over your head, but I've seen it where people do get in well over their head and that one point extension, uh, ends up hurting them a lot. So, you know, these are some, some possible things that you want to keep in mind. Another con is the pain in the ass factor. We, at first we were so happy to have money, private money lenders, right? We would take on anybody that would say, you know, I have money I want to lend to, uh, for real estate. And we were so excited and ready to go. And it's like, yeah, anybody. And we started working with some people that were like, holy crap, you're a pain in the ass. You know, you're, you're really, uh, obnoxious. Like it's difficult to work with you. So it gets to a point where you got to weigh that, that benefit when you're starting off, it is what it is. But once you kind of build some credibility, you build some reputation, you build connections you know, we became a lot pickier and there's private money lenders that we just don't work with anymore. And they had a decent amount of money, but they were just such a big pain in the butt. You know, they kept having a, they wanted to put in their opinion on how we renovated the projects. They wanted to, you know, check every single time something new was happening and they would get upset if we didn't call them. And for us, all of those things are bogging down the time because we move quickly. Right. And sometimes things change things. We need to pivot on the on the moment and we can't be having to call you, let you know. And then if you feel like, oh, I need to stop by to take a look at it. Not that it's going to change a damn thing, but you get, you know, your, your panties in a bunch and it's like it gets really annoying. So you got to factor those things in, because when you're dealing with a couple hundred thousand dollars, it can be a real pain in the ass to do. So private money, 
I put this at an experience level of four. So uh, you need to have experience when you're doing private money. But private money, because at, at this point, you're using other people's money. You need to have experience. You need to make sure that they can get their money back. You know, um, you can't be taking that kind of risk. Right now in the market, what we're seeing is we're seeing so many people willing to, you know, so hungry to jump into the market that they'll lend to anybody. And they're lending to people that have no freaking idea what the heck they're doing in this market, how to flip a house or anything. They're just hoping that the market pulls them out. Um, this is, you know, I, I hope that you guys have better ethics and morals in this. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you need the experience. This is uh, this is not a, you know, first timer kind of strategy. This is definitely you need some experience uh, doing this consistently, working with money, managing money so you can be able to do this effectively. Now, another way that you can fund your deals is using hard money. So there's uh, there, there you have a lot of hard money lenders that they call themselves private money lenders. But they're hard money. If you're borrowing from somebody that is using like a small institution, uh, something like that to lend to you, they're hard money lenders. And the way, the easiest way that you can tell this is because they're going to ask you for points. You know, they're going to ask you to put up some money up front. They're going to ask for down payments. They're going to ask, there's going to have draws and all these things. So that's the best way that you can tell when you're working with a hard money lender um, these are not hard to find. These kind of people, you don't need any relationship. You don't need any anything, really. You just throw a rock out the window and you're going to hit 10 of them. Uh, they're everywhere. The um, It's not bad, right? We we haven't used them. Honestly, we never used hard money lenders. Uh, we never needed to. But, you know, the benefit, the, so let's get into like the pros of using a hard money lender is that you kind of have unlimited capital because they're so easy to find and these people get their money from large institutions and deep and private individuals with very deep pockets and everything they tend to have un almost unlimited funds so you can use a private money lender you know as many times as you need to so that's always a huge plus when you have a lot of deals you have a lot of opportunities you don't have a limit on the amount of money you can borrow now those were the benefits. <laughs> Here are the cons. There's a lot of them. So cons, the majority of hard money lenders have points and interest. So you're paying usually two to four points up front, plus, you know, 12 to 14% interest, sometimes higher, depending on the hard money lender. You're going to have draw fees. This means every time you need some money, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to request it. A lot of times you're going to have to you know, pretty much pre-fund whatever that rehab is, and then they will reimburse you. You're you're gonna have inspections and inspection fees. Um, so there's a lot of extra fees associated with hard money. It, it can get very expensive to use hard money. Mo the majority of hard money lenders, especially if you're just starting off, they're not gonna fund a hundred percent of the purchase and the renovations. They might find uh, fund a percentage of the purchase and a percentage of the renovation. This means that you need to come up with the other amount of money. And if you're needing to use, let's say, a private money lender for that second lien, uh, that can get very tricky, right? Because at, at that point, now you're using a lot of money that you got to pay back and you got to pay interest on. So it can be very tricky. It could be. It can get very, very expensive. Um, they have. They require monthly payments. 
So we did a video recently, and it's the one that I talked about before, where somebody that we know that they used private money and it got very expensive with their monthly costs, and then they ended up foreclosing pretty much on all their projects. Um, this sucks, right? Because all those projects they had still a large margin in there, but they couldn't make that monthly payment. So these things get very expensive. They get very complicated. Um, you, I put this as an experience level five. Uh, you need to know what the heck you're doing. You need to not even just what the heck you're doing as far as the renovation goes, but you need to know what you're doing as far as how to manage the money, how to account for the projections of where it's going to be, understanding that there are overages. So if you're getting into way too many projects and you are you don't have the capital for the overages, you can get into some serious trouble because hard money lenders, rarely are they going to lend you more money if you get into trouble. They're more likely to foreclose on you than anything else. You know, Unlike private money lenders that you're actually building a relationship with these people, and our money lenders, they, you're kind of like just, you know, a number in their books. If you don't meet the quotas and you don't meet the agreement that you guys talked about, they'll take the property from you, you know, and it could really hurt you. So this is something that, again, the pros, unlimited capital, they're always available. You can do a lot of deals, but that's also the con, right? You can do a lot of deals. You can get to a lot of trouble. So please be very cautious. Be very careful with hard money loans. Um, one of the biggest selling features of hard money lenders, or it used to be, is that a hard money lender wouldn't lend to you unless you had a good deal. So a lot of people would take comfort in that if a hard money lender was willing to lend to them, then that means they have a good deal in their hands. That's not really the case. And not only is that not the case, right now it's gotten even worse. We're seeing hard money lenders, they're lowering all the requirements to lend. Because they're needing to get, they have, they're flooded with money, so they're needing to get money out. So what this means is that you may have a shitty deal, and you're thinking you're, you know, you're waiting on your hard money lender to tell you you have a great deal, and all they care about is they just want to lend to you. They're willing to take that risk, and you just got we borrowed a ton of money, and you're spending a ton of money on a deal that sucks, right? So that used to be the selling feature of hard money lenders is just not accurate anymore. Now. This next strategy is by far one of my favorite, especially when you're starting off, especially if you have no money, especially if you don't know what you're doing, and it's JV, joint venture. So this is, you are partnering with somebody that has the money. And you should be partnering with somebody that is in this business doing what you do, right? So if you want to flip a property, you want to, let's say you're a wholesaler. This is where we see it a lot. You're a wholesaler. You found a killer deal. And instead of wholesaling it to your flip, uh, fix and flip buyer, you decide to joint venture with them. You partner with them. So what that buyer is going to do is they're going to come in, put up their funds, put up their experience, and they're going to fund the whole project, run the whole project, and you get to tag along and learn how the process works. Joint venturing is extremely beneficial, especially when you don't know what you're doing. Uh, they take care of all the financing. Uh, you get to leverage that investor's experience and expertise, ask a ton of questions. There's virtually almost no risk because that investor's taking all the risk for you, right? And because they have the experience and everything, like you really don't, they wouldn't take on a deal that wasn't going to make enough money for them and you, 
So if they're willing to partner with you, that means that you have a great deal in your hand. That means that you're both going to make money. So joint venturing is something that, you know, I recommend to everybody. As far as an experience level, I put this as an experience level of one. You don't need much experience. You just need to find a deal. You need to find a decent deal, find a good buyer that you can partner with, and you're done. That's it. They can handle the rest. The key here is that you take advantage and ask questions, learn from their expertise, learn from their experience and build your own experience. So later you can do this yourself. So, you know, joint venturing is amazing. Now the cons with joint venturing is that you do have to split the profits, right? This is not a hundred percent of the profits are coming to you. And the majority of the time, you're not going to even get 50% of the profit because all you did was bring the deal. They have to fund it. They have to run the renovations. They have to manage the contractors. They have to list it. They're doing all the work. They're taking on all the risk. All you did was bring them the deal, right? But again, you have zero risk. You get to learn. You get to get experience. You get to leverage their experience, their expertise. So then money lenders, when they want to work with you, they see that you've worked with experienced investors in the past. Now, another con to this is you can partner with the wrong person. You can find the wrong partner. This wrong partner can get you into trouble. You know, they can get themselves into trouble. They There's some people out there that are very shady with how they operate. So you can select the wrong partner. I, I strongly recommend that before you joint venture with somebody, try to make sure you're finding buyers that are great buyers. They're great people, great investors. They're always doing the right thing. Um, you can find the link up here and below on how to build your buyers list. And within by building your buyers list, I tell I show you which questions you need to be asking to make sure you have good quality buyers that you can depend on. And if you have if built a good quality buyers list, those are the people you're going to want to joint venture with. Another way that you can fund deals is with owner financing. Now, owner financing, you're pretty much borrowing from the seller, right? You, there's a lot of times that you're looking for deals and everything, and you come across a property where the seller wants to sell, but they don't need to sell. They don't need the money. So you can actually negotiate with them where it's like, all right, well, if you don't, you know, you don't need the whole amount, how about you lend me the money, then pretty much what I would buy the property for. You predetermine a certain interest rate, you know, maybe payments, you negotiate all these things. And now all of a sudden they pretty much funded the purchase of the property. Now they may not fund the rehab, right? All you're probably going to get is the purchase, but still, if it's a you know, expensive property that could save you a ton of money. And a lot of times the interest payments for these uh, owner finance deals, they tend to be really, really low when you're working with a seller. You can negotiate really, really low interest rates. There's people that have negotiated zero interest rates, uh, interest payment for this. So it's something that it's very customizable. You can adjust it. You can make the necessary negotiation, build the terms out. Um, you can do subject twos within this where you're taking the property subject to the current financing. So if they already have a loan in place and they weren't going to get much money out of it because of the loan and everything, you just take over that loan. And all of a sudden you're pretty much bought a house for no money and you have a monthly payment that's, you know, at a 3% interest payment. So it's extremely low and you're paying down the principal. These are all great things about owner financing. The thing is that, you know, 
the the cons, I guess, with all this is that you need an experience level of at least five because you're partnering with the homeowner or you're working with the banks. This could this gets very involved and it can get you into a lot of trouble. So there's a lot of documents that go into this that you need to understand in order to create this kind of solution or this kind of benefit to you. So this is something that advanced investors use. And it's not always available to you, especially in the hot market that we're in. We're in such a hot market where buy, where sellers, they don't need to you know, finance the deal to you because they can put it on the market at any time and get exactly what they want, if not more. So this is a strategy that we used to see a lot before the pandemic, before all that happened, when foreclosures and stuff like that. But it doesn't stop it from being an opportunity that if you find the right person, especially with absentee uh, landlords and stuff like that, uh, these are the people that you want to pitch this to. If they want a, a large amount for their property and everything, but you know they're like, eh, I could sell or maybe not, then maybe you work out an owner finance deal. It's like, all right, well, how about you keep getting that monthly payment, right? Because I, I'll finance it from you. The difference is that you don't have to worry about the toilets or anything like that because I'll take over the property. I'll take over everything. So now you structured a loan with them where you're paying them monthly payments, right? A very low interest rate, but you get to keep the property and do whatever you need to do. Maybe you rent it out. You do, you know, you can do what what's called the wrap where you owner finance it out to an end buyer. I mean, there's so many ways to do it, but this is why I say it requires an experience level of five. Because there's it's so involved and it can really get you into trouble. Um, another con to this is that a lot of the times you are borrowing from the homeowner. And when you're doing that, it kind of makes the homeowner your partner. And, you know, that can be, again, a huge pain in the ass. If you have a homeowner that all of a sudden, you know, yeah, they agreed to it because they were in a bind or there was whatever it was at the moment. Six months later, all of a sudden they're doing better and they're like, well, hey, I kind of want my money back. You know, when are you going to pay this loan off? When are you going to do this? And even though you have the contracts, you have everything, uh, they can be a huge pain in the butt. So, again, this is an advanced strategy, you know, and another thing is that, yeah, you might get the subject to you might get the purchase price, um, you know, finance, but you are probably going to have to come in with the rehab money. And if the house needs a lot of rehab and you don't have it. You're going to have to borrow that. You're going to have to do something with it. So those are kind of like the the cons to doing this strategy. It's very, very advanced. So please be careful when doing this. Like I said before, if you have any questions or anything that you are, something's not making sense, text us. Let us know. Comment below. You know, let us know what is what is it that's not making sense to you? What is it that you want further explanation on? And I can maybe create another video to further explain any one of these. This was just an overview of all the potential ways that you can fund your next real estate deal. And with that being said, you can check out this playlist up here on how to flip all your houses, how to get into flipping in 2022. And there's more training right down here. So thank you all for watching and I'll catch you on the next one.